Well, praise the Lord for that grace. Amen. Woo, I tell you. We're in the book of 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to try to do something today I've not done before. Uh, I, I preached this message last week at Mason Creek. It's the foundation of 1 Thessalonians. And I preached the second message at Mason Creek today. I, if I get mixed up between the first and the second, and it's about 1230, somebody wave and holler, you're in the second one now. All right? We'll, we'll try to do better, I promise you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Boy, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. Beginning in verse 1. If there ever was a church that experienced the favor of God, it was a church at Thessalonica. They started out right and God blessed it. If you moved to Thessalonica or Thessaloniki as it's called today in Greece, they would say, uh, I'm looking for a church. And everybody would say, oh, you need to go to that one at Thessalonica. That's the church you need to go to. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed if you go there. It was exciting. It was thriving. It was loving. It was a church that had the hand of God, the favor of God. And that ought to be what every one of us want is a church, to have the favor of God. Uh, something back in Acts 17 Paul and Silas are on their second missionary journey. And uh, they've, they've come out of Macedonia, and, uh, uh, and then they've, they've gone into Thessalonica here, a Roman colony. It was named for the sister of Alexander the Great. And when they arrived there, they were the only two believers there. Nobody else in that whole town believed Jesus. It was just those two. And I want to just remind you today that you may be the only believer where you work. You may be the only believer in your class where you go to school. But I'll tell you, God has a purpose for you. He's got a purpose. Uh, don't let that encourage you. God placed you there for a purpose. Now, see, I'm going to get in trouble because my point out there, my first point was we need more boldness. I can't say that here or you will get it mixed up next week. Just trust me. We need more boldness. Amen? Acts chapter 17. Let me just read this to you. When they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. If you want to start talking about how to start a church, this is the way to start a church. Those boys did it right. They understood that the most important thing was to have the favor of God on their church. And, uh, <clears throat> he began, first of all, by leading them and in, in, in feeding them with the Word of God. Verse 3 of chapter 1, uh, of Acts chapter 17, I'm sorry, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is a Christ. 
he's using the Old Testament. The New Testament hadn't been there yet. So he's using the Old Testament to explain to them, probably in Isaiah 53 that talks about the man of sorrows, born of grief, probably in Psalm 22 talks about, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Paul takes the word of God. This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. That's how that church started. It started on the word of God. And any church that starts on the Word of God and remains on the Word of God, I want to tell you, it's going to be here thriving until Jesus comes again for us. That's going to happen. I, I, I don't want to argue with people, and I don't, I, I don't even want to talk to preachers most of the time. Uh, I, I just want to just tell you, we're doing everything we can to stay by the Word of God, and I'm not going to compromise. We're not going to compromise. Some folk are going to love it, and some folk are not going to like it. But the th church at Thessalonica was started by leading them by the Word of God. And then it went by feeding them of the Word of God. They fed them the Word of God. And then verse 4 says, they loved them to the Word of God. Some of them were persuaded. And a great number of the devout Jews, uh, Greeks, not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. It's one thing to pursue the lost. And it's something completely different to provide the love for it. There again, one of my points next week, if you'll be here, <laughs> is we need a little more tenderness. I mean, you know, come on, guys. We, 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 we're, we're so iron-fisted, pharisaical, you know. Somebody comes in, what are you wearing that for? Well, that ain't nothing to ask nobody. I mean, good grief, man. Give them a little break, you know. Listen, you can't clean fish until you get them in the boat. You can't get it no other way. Our goal is to win people to Jesus Christ, and you're not going to... Maybe the reason we're not winning is we're using too much vinegar and not enough honey. i got to get off of that one. That's my sermon next week. <laughs> well, the church at Thessalonica was built on a solid foundation, and the Word of God was it. Now, look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 and reading the chapter. Would you stand, please, in honor of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, all-sufficient word. The Bible says, Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and is the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you making mention of you in all our prayers. Now, here's the whole sermon right here. You can go to sleep if you learn these three points in, chapter, in verse 3. Remembering without ceasing, number one, your work of faith. Number two, your labor of love. And number three, your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Father, thank you today. Again, we praise you for your word. Ask you to open it up to us. Lord, may we be students of your word, and may you make it clear to us today what you'd have us to understand in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You may be seek, uh, seated. The secret is found in verse 3. Remembering without ceasing. Remembering without ceasing. See, it's one thing to remember a little while, and then you forget all about it. But the key is to remember without ceasing. Your work of faith, your labor of love, your patience of our hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and our Father. 
Here's what set their church apart from all the other churches. Number one, their work of faith. Their work of faith. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Now let me tell you what their faith demonstrated. Their faith demonstrated the salvation of the membership. In other words, their faith demonstrated the salvation. It's a, it's a salvation thing. They wasn't saved because of the work of faith. They did the work of faith because they were saved. So the, the salvation was demonstrated by their faith and by their work of faith. I hear people say sometimes, I'm a dedicated Christian. I love Jesus. Sometimes I just want to say, prove it. Just prove it. I, I, you know, talk's cheap. Just go ahead and prove it. I mean, do, do you really... James said, if someone say, you have faith and I have works, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. He goes on to say, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? That is, can that kind of faith, the kind of faith without works, save him? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I, 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 you didn't get I better read that again. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You say, now wait a minute, preacher. You're getting real close to preaching we've got to work salvation. I wish I could do that this morning. I wish we was Church of Christ up in here. And I can tell you, you had to work to go to heaven or you're going to hell. Maybe it changed some of the lives. I don't know. But I can't tell you that. I can tell you, you'll work because you did have faith and were saved. You don't work to get saved. You work because you are saved. And that's what he's saying here in this scripture. And I tell you, old James would have loved to have pastored this church at Thessalonica because they got it. They understood the relationship between faith and between works. They had a faith that worked, and it was through their works of faith that demonstrated their salvation. It's not salvation by works. It's a salvation that works. That's what he's saying here. Saved people demonstrate their salvation through their works of faith. Verse 3, remembering. Man, you, you, without ceasing the work of faith. I, I think about the times that so many of you have cared for the sick and you've cooked food and you've, you've visited homes and you've prayed over people and, and, and the ministry to the needy uh, every Saturday morning down here at uh, Jesus Burger and some of you are a part of that and, and then, the, then the instruction in righteousness in the life groups there that, that's what, listen, if, if the teacher doesn't show up for the life group uh, the, the people don't get fed. It's all part of working that proves you're saved. If you're not working, sharing the gospel proves you're saved. The Bible says in verse 8, For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. I praise God uh, you know, more than 31 different missions across our world are supported by you financially and prayerfully. And then more than 4,000 other foreign missionaries through the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention are supported by this church 
financially and prayerfully. And this church was doing those same things. No wonder the favor of God was on this church. They were demonstrating their salvation through their works. Nobody said, well, I tell you what, let's just quit. We've done one of, those, one of the worst mistakes I ever made in my life. And I promised I wouldn't make it here. It was at my last church. We'd worked hard. We, I mean, every, almost every night, building, we relocated. I said, guys, every, everything complete. Let's just, let's just take a year off and just, let's just have fellowship. Let's just grow in the Lord. Biggest mistake I ever made in my life. You see, human don't have a neutral. We either going forward or we going backward. And I'll tell you, once you start going backward, it's hard to turn that thing around. We've got to go forward. That's what the Word of God talks about. Going forward there. No wonder his hand was on this church. Their salvation was revealed through their work of faith. Knowing, look at verse 4. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. <laughs> John chapter 15, verse 6. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, we are bound to give thanks to God always for you. Brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. Ephesians 1.4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So preacher, what does election mean? Do we believe in election? We sure do. We believe in election. Now, wait a minute, preacher. You, you, you've preached before. God doesn't select anybody to go to heaven and anybody to go to hell. And I'll still preach that. One day, a young man wanted to join a church, and one of the deacons asked him, Son, did you get saved today? And the young man said, Yes, sir, I got saved today. I did my part, and God did his part. The deacon looked over at the kid and he said, well, explain that. He said, well, my part was sinning and God's part was saving. <laughs> That's really not a bad theology. I mean, it's like folk come up to you today, have you found Jesus? I didn't know he was lost. <laughs> I didn't find him, but he found me. Spurgeon said, God chose me before I came into the world because if he'd have waited till I got here, he never would have chosen me. You say, so what, what is election? Paul didn't try to debate election. I want to share with you just simple-minded election. Election is in the Word of God. It is true. God elects people, period. That is God's part of salvation. Listen to me. Election is God's part of salvation. You say, well, what's my part? My response to his election. His election is that none perish, all come to life. His election is that his grace is sufficient for all. That's God's part. His part is election. My part is the response to that. You say, preacher, then you're making me, uh, listen, go back to the Garden of Eden. They had a choice. They didn't have to eat the apple. They chose to. Go back anywhere you want to in time. Joshua, choose you this day who you'll serve. We've had those opportunities all of our life, all of the biblical life that's been written. Election is God's part, 
and response is our part. Don't you listen to any preacher that tells you that God's chosen some to go to hell. His will is none perish. It's what the Word of God says. We build a church on the Word of God. It's not what Calvinism thought about. Good grief. I don't think John Calvin would be a Calvinist if he came and looked at these yahoos today. Anyway, I appreciate Paul didn't try to explain it. He just simply said God has chosen. He's chosen before the foundation of the world. He's chosen. That's election. It's God's point. Would you say that with me? Election is God's side of salvation. Our side is the response of it. All right. Second thing that's right there, their labor of love was demonstrated through their service. Uh, You say, well, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that the election and the response made a difference in their life. They began to love as Jesus loves. When Paul thought about that church, he not only talked about their work of faith, he thought about their labor of love. Man, they were always demonstrating. Verse 7, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. Here's a church that was leaving their mark on the community. Oh, my, my, my. May that be said of us. I don't care how big we grow. It's irrelevant. More than anything else, this area needs a church that will be a light, that will tell the truth in love. It's not going to compromise the Word of God, but it's going to tell the truth in love. Their labor was motivated by love, and that word translated labor is coops. It speaks of strenuous work that results in exhaustion and fatigue. (laughs) Mm. When Becky and I were about to get married, even I guess after we were married some too, we went to a counselor. Oh my God, y'all went to a counselor. Counselors are a good thing if they're good counselors. And we've got some godly counselors. And I remember Dr. Peterson sit there in his office and he said uh, you two love birds you know and all this stuff he said but I want to tell you something serving the Lord there are going to come some days in your life when you're barely going to have enough strength to drag yourself into bed and if you could just reach over and just touch your wife that's about all the strength you're going to have and I thought he's crazy Man, I've got a good-looking woman here. He's crazy. But I want to tell you, there have been many nights when we reached out at labor of love. Love. It's motivated. It's exhausting. It's strenuous. When you want to serve the Lord, it doesn't get easy. Sometimes it gets harder than it's ever been. But, oh... They didn't serve God for what they could get out of it. They served God for what they could give to those around them. And that made a difference. Our young people have almost come to the place, many of them, where their hearts and their ears are closed to the church. 
because they've seen so much fakeness, so much falseness. Man, they need to they need to see the love of God, their labor of love. These people labored so that others what is it, Psalm uh, one of those Psalms says they serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. I, I think it's Psalm 100. They serve the Lord with gladness. They were excited. I watched the labor of faith. I remember, Mike Taylor will remember, he was in charge when we built this building. Men would come up here after work, eat a little supper and stay to 9, 930, 10 o'clock. Men who worked hard all day long. And yet they, they, they just kept coming. I, I don't know. You know, I'm their age now, and I, I can barely get around. Their labor of love was an example to others. God, let our labor, let our desire. Christy texted this morning, and, and all of Aaron's family's out uh, sick. She said, I've got nine workers in the children's ministry that are sick. Pray for us. Rosie came right back behind her and said, we're in the same boat in the preschool. Pray for us. I'm going to try to be short today so they won't have to be very long over there. I'm almost through. I'm landing the plane, but there's something on the runway, so I'm going to have to have a hold and pattern just for a moment there. <laughs> their work of faith, amen? And then their work of love, and then it's the last one in verse 3. It's just so simple. Remember, without ceasing, your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope. Patience of hope. So what is patience of hope? Well, it's steadfastness. Giving ourselves to those things that matter. One of the themes of 1 Thessalonians is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I would just remind you again. I, I do it often, but I just want to keep reminding you. That when the Lord comes, those who have not been saved, are not going to have a chance. They're going to be lost for all of eternity. So we are thrilled that Jesus is coming again, but at the same time, we're concerned for those who don't know Jesus Christ. Verse 10 says, To wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Wow, we're waiting eagerly. We're waiting with patience. There's coming a day when there's no more sorrow. There's coming a day when there's no more cancer, no more diabetes. Coming a day when there's no more burning the top of your head with skin cancer. <laughs> coming a day when sin is going to be done away with. There's not going to be any poverty. There's not going to be any homelessness. Oh, that day. We long for that day. We patiently wait. Why do we patiently wait? Why don't we just say, Lord, come on today. Come on today. We patiently wait because there are many people who are lost without Christ. And if we'll be the church God wants us to be, while we're patiently waiting, people will be being saved.
Praise the Lord. Three baptized early this morning, two in this service. Praise, that's, folks, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Now, this sermon has been mostly to Christians of how we need to be living with, with our labor of love and our labor of faith and our patience of hope. Maybe here you're one of those that's never trusted Christ and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what I got when I got Jesus. <laughs> I got everything. I got everything. I didn't get religion. I didn't get a catechism. I didn't get a rosary to say. I got a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that same Jesus is here this morning knocking on heart's doors. Is he knocking on your door? Is this the day that you need to be saved? You say, Preacher, I, there's too many people here. No, we thinned it out so you wouldn't think that. Just, come on. They were in the earlier service. Just come on. Preacher, I don't know if I can live up to it. You don't have to live up to it. When you become part of the kingdom of God, you die to yourself. All you got to do is be obedient. Now, that's hard for some people to do. They don't want to listen to nobody. But I tell you, when you begin to understand that God loves you more than you love yourself, you'll be thrilled to give him your life. Maybe this morning you need a church home. This is it. This is it. If God told you somewhere else, go somewhere else. But if God's speaking to your heart today, don't wait till next week. My goodness. I, I was reading about revival in, back in the early times of, of uh, uh, the Wesleyan revival and different revivals. and <laughs> It's not what preachers want to hear when you really get down and study revivals because it wasn't the preaching it was more the music than it was the preaching the preacher would be up trying to preach and somebody just start out what a friend we have in Jesus and the whole congregation starts singing they were there to praise and worship the Lord it wasn't just some straight Routine. Who would you like to have a service one day when we didn't have any plans? Just said, God, whatever you want to do. Well, what if God didn't do nothing? We could just sit right here and look at him. Because <laughs> God will do something. I don't know where you are, but I know this. There's no sin too big that God's grace don't cover. And I don't care this morning if you've got a criminal background. I don't care this morning you drove in here with a Rolls Royce. It doesn't make any difference. The blood is still what it takes to save your soul. Father, we praise you and thank you. And we long for the time that we'll be with you. But, oh, God, help us to redeem the time now while we have it here on earth. Our families and our friends and all of those all around us who so desperately need Jesus and they don't even know they need Jesus oh God let us love them let us labor with love and serve with faith and trust you 
the power of your Holy Spirit to do all the rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you